0: Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast, produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode.
1: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dental Brief. I'm very excited about um, our guest and the topic um, today. Um, no pun intended. Let's all sit up straight in our chairs and welcome our guest, Dr. Bethany Valahi. Say hello.
0: Thank you, Patrick. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here to share with you some dental ergonomic strategies to help you all have a longer and healthier career.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, as you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but I know, dentist. this is something I, I actually sitting in the chair. I've seen dentists actually, you know, wincing and you can tell that they're worn out and that they're tired and that they're in pain and can't wait to get a procedure over with. So um, let's let's dive right in. Tell me, how do you become how do you become an expert in dentist
0: Helping yeah, well, it's an interesting story. I, as a physical therapist, I married a dentist with severe low back pain. And at the age of 35, he was experiencing such severe pain that he was forced to consider selling his dental practice due to that severe low back pain. So that is when my career took a detour and uh, began, uh, I got my ergonomic assessment certification. I began doing photogrammetric analysis in dozens and dozens of dental offices and analyzing the movements and kinesiology uh, and all of these factors that lead to work-related pain. And here we are, 22 years later, he is still practicing full-time and never complains of pain. So um, I've had the opportunity to now lecture at over 1,000 dental conferences internationally. Um, I've provided consultations to hundreds and hundreds of dentists, again, internationally. And it's been a very rewarding journey
1: I bet it is because you're changing people's lives, right? And that's why a lot of people love dentistry, right? They're changing people's lives. And then when they don't have the ability to do that anymore because of pain, because of shoulder, neck, elbow, wrist, hands, wet back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, then you go on and on and on. Um, it, it, they're not able to do that. So I'm sure it's got to be really rewarding um, what you do. So um, by the way, I know too, you have a book out that um, for those who listen closer to the end, um, we're going to got a promotion there which we'll talk about in a, in a bit but what I want to what I do want to ask you is what are some what are some of the common questions or common problems that dentists contact you about or they come up to you know they visit your website or they call you or they visit you at um, when you're lecturing what are some of the common things that you hear over and over, and over again?
0: uh very commonly I hear that they um well, after they have seen my and taken my online CE courses, they'll say, "Where were you 20 years ago?" <laughs> because now I'm already had surgeries and that. So, I guess um, one of the biggest takeaways I take from talking to um, experienced dentists is the the message that they wish they would have started earlier with prevention. And this is an interesting concept, because a lot of my dental students, I teach at OHSU School of Dentistry. And there's a tendency to think have this mindset when you're young, that I'm invincible, and it will never happen to me. And a lot of these students, if they sat down and talked to their professors, they would know that, like a third to a quarter of them are there because they can no longer practice because of an injury. So um, early. early So
1: I'm assuming. And I'm assuming that it's never too young to start. Right. I mean, this is something probably people in dental schools should, should start. I mean, when's the right time to start twenties.
0: Um, actually, yeah, in dental school is a good time to start. However, uh, what I find what I found over the last 20 years of uh, lectures and teaching at dental schools is most dental schools don't have an evidence based, relevant current uh, ergonomic program. And what I mean by that is educating students on exactly, how to adjust um, stools, um, what type of loops are truly ergonomic, which type of loops can actually injure their neck, Um, and how to position patients in flat versus double articulating headrests. So students are kind of stuck in dental school with uh, uh, the equipment they've got And sometimes it's ergonomic, sometimes it's not. Most of the time it's not. So they uh, need to avail themselves of some extra um, ergonomic education.
1: Sure. I have to imagine when it comes to equipping an office, when we talk about stools and, um, I think even just the the chair that the the person sitting at at the front desk, um, I think oftentimes people are really motivated by price um, when selecting um, this equipment, but trying to save a few bucks can literally cost tens of thousands, if not more, dollars in you know missed work. Would you agree with that?
0: Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the biggest losses that uh, results as a re- as a result of not having proper ergonomic education is wasting money on non-ergonomic equipment, but not only the financial loss, but then the resultant pain, and like you said, possibly pain or missed work or even injury that results as um, a result of something that doesn't fit them correctly or is just completely not ergonomic.
1: Right. Or lost to, I would think, in outside of work, right? In personal life. I mean, I just, I hear people say all the time, and I said, oh, you've been golfing? No, you know, I it's shoulder pain. It's just too much. I can't play. Yeah. Anymore, right. So they're not doing things that they enjoy in their personal life. Right? Exactly. So you work all this time. You deal with it, yeah Monday through Friday. And then, you know, sure enough, you're laid up over the weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, let's talk about this book, Com forward slash bonus Um, is where users can go and then get a copy of this book, right?
0: Right. It's my new ebook called Five Steps to Practicing Dentistry Pain-Free. And it was developed uh, while during my doctorate studies, I had the opportunity to focus just on dental ergonomics and it became really clear that there were five areas that needed to be addressed and not only addressed, but addressed in a stepwise type fashion. So that is what I've, is the focus of this book.
1: So I'm going to ask for a little sneak peek. So can you give our users one or two um, of those secrets that you give out on this? Book?
0: Absolutely. Um, we'll
1: leave three. So they start with, <laughs> what is something a dentist can do on their own to make an improvement in their ergonomics in
0: sure so the first step always has to start with uh, resolving dental ergonomic challenges in the operatory i've seen a lot of money spent on chiropractors personal trainers um, massages only to go right back to what caused the problem in the first place which was poor ergonomics in the operatory. So until you resolve those ergonomic challenges, dentists are kind of just spinning their wheels. Um, So when we talk about ergonomic challenges, we're talking about things like How to select truly ergonomic loops that will keep you in a safe head posture of less than 20 degrees of neck flexion. So, bending the neck forward less than 20 degrees. And it's about, I would say, about 70 to 80% of the loops on the market today are non ergonomic. They do not meet that statistic. And At the dental school where we teach, we only allow four vendors to sell loops. And those are the most ergonomic uh, loop vendors. So that is uh, an important piece of the ergonomics. And, of course, there's dental stools and not one size fits all. Uh, So when you see a dental stool advertised as ergonomic, it's only ergonomic if it adjusts to fit you. Um, depending on your sure. lumbar curvature, I've seen dentists with uh, go by a saddle stool and then develop severe back pain because their lumbar, they did not assess their lumbar lordosis, and some dentists are not a good candidate for saddle stools. And so this is why I have this, uh, I have a, well, 12 hours of CE content on video training on my website, and this uh, there's a one-hour course just on how to select uh, a right stool for you and assess your own lumbar curvature and things like that. So
1: that's. Let me ask you about outside of. Let, let me ask you about outside of the office. I, you know, I remember years ago I got into it had a tremendous amount of elbow pain, right? Some tendonitis in my elbow mm-hmm. that was literally caused from. Um, it was literally caused from the way that I held my cell phone, the way that my arm was bent, and the way that I held my cell phone um, is what caused the the issue. And once I finally after probably two agonizing years figured that out within months. I was fine. What are some things that you see, or what is one thing that you see people do outside of their work that is significantly hurting them out?
0: Well, that's a great question. And we know of course that every dentist golfs, right? (laughs) Well, it's an exaggeration, but it's a a thing, right? And it's interesting that dentists tend to develop a muscle imbalance. Um, to one side and in the operatory and that imbalance when they go out on the golf course is the exact same imbalance when they're rotating and hitting the golf ball. It reinforces their worst bad imbalance that they develop in the operatory because a right-handed dentist in the operatory two thirds of the time when they leave neutral posture leans forward and to the, right. What do you do in the golf when you're out golfing? A right-handed dentist rotates now forcefully, leans forward and um, rotates to the left just as they do in the operatory. So um, there are things, a lot of dentists um, who golf Report to me that they have low back pain and there are very easy ways to mitigate this. I have a whole article on my website about dentist golf and low back pain and uh, three simple exercises that they can do to help mitigate that and just continue enjoying the sports that they love. Um, kayaking is another one a lot of doctors uh, enjoy kayaking and it can exacerbate the rotator cuff imbalance that develops in dentistry and again there's two exercises there that they need to be doing to continue the sports they love Um, I always look for the opportunity to enable all the team members to continue those things that they love to do and there's usually a way, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I wanna, I wanna let's help our, our our listeners find that way. I wanna encourage them again. Check out the the free ebook to download on posturedonics.com forward slash bonus. We appreciate you making that um, offer and doing that, um, and we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much um, for taking the time to share with our audience today. Uh, and for doing what you do. Dr. Bethany Valley, I said that correctly one more time? Correct. Or no? Correct.
0: Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.